If you enjoy listening to this podcast, we ask you to consider supporting it by making a one-time or reoccurring donation. Visit Mayflower's website at www.mayflowerucc.org and click on the Donate tab in the menu. Donations made to Mayflower's Communications Fund are tax-deductible and help ensure that this podcast is available. Thank you for your support. The sermon you are about to hear was preached at Mayflower Congregational UCC Church in Oklahoma City by the Reverend Dr. Lori Walkie, senior minister at one of America's premier liberal Protestant pulpits. At Mayflower, we are an open and affirming peace and justice church where we believe religion should be biblically responsible, intellectually honest, emotionally satisfying, and socially significant. We go now to the pulpit of Mayflower Congregational UCC Church of Oklahoma City and to the preaching and teaching of Reverend Dr. Lori Walkie. This is our final Sunday of the Distinguished Pulpit Series, and we are honored to welcome Aliyah Shimmy here to Mayflower. Aliyah is the first Muslim woman to serve as the executive director of the Tulsa Metropolitan Ministry, which is Tulsa's oldest interfaith organization. She's among the fiercest and kindest advocates for justice, dignity, compassion, and basic human decency. She's worked with interfaith communities for more than 20 years and serves on a number of boards, commissions, and task force throughout the city, state, nationally, and internationally. She serves on Tulsa's Police Department's Mayor Advisory Committee, the Community Service Council, the International Institute for Human Society, or security, pardon, pardon me, Oklahoma Coalition Against Trafficking, and Elder Abuse Task Force, just to name a few. She lives her faith in public for the sake of a better Oklahoma and a better world. Please welcome Aaliyah to Mayflower. Let us bow our heads together. It usually takes us by surprise, Holy One, and in part because we didn't even know we needed it. But it's true, our faith was wearing thin. But then came the encouragement and that random act of kindness, the tender care. From the neighbor who wheeled our trash can back to the house from the curb, from the long ago teacher whose words stayed with us, from the friend who knows when to roll their eyes and then when to roll up their sleeves, from the six-year-old who brought us a beautiful weed from the yard, and from the stranger who held the door open. Be with us as we pay it forward, because this is how faith works. We pray in your holy name. Amen. Assalamu alaikum. I greet you all with the Muslim greeting of peace and blessings upon you all. Good morning. Thank you so very much for having me here this morning. Um, I was sharing with Melissa earlier, my first memory of being welcomed to Mayflower was back Valentine's Day of 2016, where I also got to meet my dear friend, Mike Cornblit, who spoke to you a couple weeks ago in this very pulpit. Um, we were conducting a social media campaign that said, I stand for peace, and we were invited into your fellowship hall where a couple of hundred uh, members from the interfaith community were here. 
And the best picture, which I wish I could share with you all right now, is of my dear friend Mike Cornblit standing with Reverend Robin Myers and standing with Imam and Chasi, who all have chalkboards in their hand. It says Jewish, Christian, and Muslim, and that they're all the children of Abraham and that they all stand for peace. And so that is my very first memory here at Mayflower Congregational, and I will treasure that forever. Um, and that's also the first time I got to meet my dear brother from another mother. Um, I continue that by um, the experiences of meeting Reverend Lori Walkie. I call her Superwoman, but you know, <laughs> she's amazing. Um, in true TMM style, we were invited to an interfaith trip to Tornillo to witness um, everything that was going on in Tornillo. The Jewish congregations and Jewish leaders were the ones that set up the interfaith trip to El Paso, to Tornillo and as we do in the faith realm, picked up the phone and said, hey, we're getting ready to go to El Paso on a road trip. You want to come with us? And of course she said, sure. And the next morning, here we were picking her up. And so she got to be my roommate for a couple of days, and we went and witnessed um, what we could. Um, in Tornillo, we went into Juarez, we came back, and then that day we spent the day at a Jewish synagogue um, moving boxes of towels and things like that for all the undocumented people who were needing help. And that evening, before we were getting ready to get back on the road, we stopped off at the Hoppy Monk. And Reverend Walkie, who was in her collar, along with my dear friend Chris Moore, who was also in his collar, and a couple of our Jewish friends who were in their kippahs, we walk into this tavern. And of course, everybody stops and starts staring at us, and we were the the joke that walked in, we said, yes, we are. People, people took pictures with us as well, the Muslim, the Jew, and the Christian who walks into a bar. So um, we've, we've caused good mischief since. So we are very, very lucky and blessed to have, and you all are very blessed to have, Superwoman Lori Walkie here. So um, just a little bit about me. Um, I, I am the daughter of Turkish immigrant parents. My parents immigrated to the United States on July 4th, 1975. I was the first of my family to be born here in 77. I am the second of four siblings, and I'm married to a gentleman who's a Syrian in descent, so we have an intercultural marriage. We have five children. We have two girls and three boys, and I'm also a doting nana to my precious grand princess, and we're expecting another grand princess in November. So that's what I do in my spare time when I'm not off doing all sorts of interfaith work. Um, just a little bit about Tulsa Metropolitan Ministry. Um, the ministry is 84 years old this year. It started out as a Tulsa Council of Churches, much like Oklahoma Conference of Churches. And it was a Protestant organization. It was the very first one in the United States to become ecumenical in 1961. Later on in the 70s, it started working with the Jewish community. It started working with the Muslim community in the late 80s and early 90s, and then started with working other um, faith traditions in the early 2000s, and hence changed its name to Tulsa Metropolitan Ministry. Um, we started several organizations in Tulsa, which was started by the faith communities. We are in the Bible Belt, and so we are a very faithful tradition and, and community, and so wherever Tulsans found gap in the community where there was a need. The faith community stepped up and they started the day center for the homeless. They started life senior services for our elderly. 
They started youth services for our youth. We started Meals on Wheels, RSVP. Those were all just organizations that were started by Tulsa Metropolitan Ministry. They started the Martin Luther King Parade 40 years ago. So all of these were started by our faith communities in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, a couple of years ago, Dr. Kathy LaFortune, who serves on our board, um, brought to our attention that we had a need for a facility, a treatment facility, and a crisis stabilization unit for sexually trafficked juvenile girls. Unfortunately, we only have one facility for the entire state of Oklahoma um, for juvenile girls, and that's in Idabel. It, it has eight beds and it's constantly full, so these poor children are having to work, wait in detention centers before we're able to place them in, in different cities and other facilities. So we've come together to get this next flagship program up and running and we are hoping to break ground in the beginning of 2022. So that's yet another program that's being put together by the interfaith community, and it will be the first of its kind. We have a chaplain that is an interfaith chaplain, and she serves full-time at our Family Justice Center and the Family Safety Center. So that is yet another first for Tulsa Metropolitan Ministry. Back in 2001, um, the faith community came together, and they wanted to do um, a reparations project for the descendant or for the survivors of the race massacre. Back then, of course, it was still called the Tulsa Race Riots. And so our faith communities came together. They raised about $50,000 and they distributed those gifts to about 175 descendants. Fast forward to this year, to the centennial of the race massacre. And mind you, we've just been using this new term massacre, which that's clearly what it was over the, just the past few years. So you can tell how long it took us to evolve and get to that point. Um, as I met with my board and started thinking about things that we can do for the descendants and for, um, to be able to bring, um, bring this to lift this up, lift this point up and um, bring attention to it. Uh, we decided we're going to reach out to 100 houses of worship to get $1,000 a piece, and we raise $100,000 to be able to gift um, the three descendants that are remaining, and with the rest of the money, to be able to grant money to black, black entrepreneurs who will be revitalizing North Tulsa and the Greenwood area. Um, so I'm happy to announce that we've raised about $85,000 of that $100,000 currently, and next week we are hoping to present our gifts to the um, three survivors, the three remaining survivors. The interfaith work that we do is so important, and I'm so grateful that you all have this Distinguished Pulpit series where you get to hear from people from different faith traditions. Our motto at TMM is that we don't have to believe alike to love alike. And that can't be, you know, I, I, can't, I can't emphasize that fact enough. Um, prior to 2004, I was not identifiably Muslim. I made the choice in 2004, after having some health struggles, to become a little more devout and become practicing a little more, and so I decided to cover. So in 2004, when I started encountering discrimination, hate, and hate on a regular basis, I knew that I had to do more for my community and for my family and for my children. Um, prior to that, my educational background is in different biological sciences, so I was teaching at Tulsa Community College and at Northeastern State University, but I always volunteered in the interfaith work that was going on. So in roughly about 2011, 2012, I was asked to serve on the board of directors of Tulsa Metropolitan Ministry, and then roughly in 2014, I became the associate director, and then in 2017, I became the executive director of Tulsa Metropolitan Ministry. 
Um, shortly after, I started working with our groups in here in Oklahoma City, and we decided to take an interfaith trip to Israel. So my upbringing, being a Muslim upbringing, being in a Turkish household, um, you know, I've, I've had family members who had their own rhetoric, and in our communities, of course, we hear rhetoric, whether it's regarding to the Jewish um, communities, whether it's regarding to the Christian communities, and I'm sure you all have heard rhetoric as well in your own communities. And so as I grew older, I wanted to reach out and I wanted to build those bridges and I wanted to understand more. So this trip to Israel was going to be my way of getting the truth and being able to build those bridges with my Jewish community members. Um, my father um, has Palestinian cousins who are in Gaza still. And so I wanted to be able to go and educate myself. Um, of course, my parents and several people in the community were just mortified that I was going to be going to Israel as a covered Muslim woman. And, um, you know, they were just very concerned for my safety. And that was probably the most amazing trip that I've ever taken. Um, there was 23 of us that traveled on that trip. We had three rabbis. We had seven people from the Jewish community, Mike. I think seven people from the Jewish community, six people from the Muslim community, and then our, our Christian community was divided between Catholics and Protestants in our group. Um, People in my own community um, were very upset. And every time I referred to Israel as Israel, how dare you call it Israel, it's Palestine, and things like that. And so um, when we came back, we spoke to both in Tulsa, Oklahoma City, and many other places. We spoke um, to many audiences about our experience. And being able to, when we were approached by people from our community and we had that type of approach, um, for me to be able to say, you know, that's rhetoric, and it's because of people like you who are continuing the rhetoric, that's why we're never going to have peace. Having those talks ha was very, very important to us. Um, just a few of the experiences that I've had as a Muslim being in Tulsa, Oklahoma, growing up in Tulsa, Oklahoma. It's one thing for me as a person to be approached and have experiences and being attacked and things like that. It's another thing when my children are involved in these attacks and in these type of experiences. Um, I remember when my second daughter, Layla, was probably about 10 years old. Um, I was in a quick trip, and it was a Saturday afternoon. We were at the fountain machine, you know, getting our drinks, and this um, enormous, gigantic man who walked in with leather chaps, with a biker vest, um, handed me a track. And, you know, I didn't know what those were back then. <laughs> so I said thank you, and I slipped it in my back pocket, and I continued to fill my drink. And he turned to me and he said, have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? <laughs> and so I t stopped filling my drink and I turned to him and I said, well, I said, I accept Jesus Christ every day. I said, now as my Lord and Savior, I don't think this is the area for us to have this conversation. I said, but if you'll give me 30 minutes, I said, I'll drop my daughter off and I can meet you up the street at Starbucks and we can have a conversation about that. You know, I can grab you a cup of coffee and we can have a conversation. And he looked at me and he said, you do know you're damned to hell, right? And I looked at him and I said, I appreciate you. I appreciate your concern for my hereafter. And I wasn't being cynical. I wasn't being a smart aleck. Because in his mind, he's worried about my hereafter. He's worried about where I'm going to be in the hereafter, right? So because of all the work that I've been doing, I've come to that understanding that, no, they're not trying to be hateful. They're just worried about, they're concerned about me, right? 
So I told him, I said, I really truly appreciate your concern for my hereafter. I said, but again, if we can grab a cup of coffee later, I'd love to have this conversation with you. Well, that didn't go very well. And so he got very upset and he started screaming and he said, you're going to hell and you're taking that little girl with you. And he's just hollering. And so the cashiers at the front have now run to the back to restrain this gentleman. And my daughter is now shaking and crying. And I told him, enough, enough. I said, I'll meet you in hell. We'll be extra crispy together. I don't know what else to tell you, but I'm done. Like I'm done. And so I left the fountain drinks where they were. I grabbed my daughter and we walked outside and three people ran outside of Quick Trip with me. And they said, we are so sorry. That's not what Christianity is about. He's not a Christian. I said, you know, thank you so much. Luckily, I'm educated enough to know that he's misguided. And I know that that's not what Christianity is about. And I know that that's not Jesus's message, but thank you, I appreciate you. So those are just some of the small minor incidents amongst other major incidents that I've had that has made me become a fierce advocate for interfaith work and to be able to educate people. Um, I shared a story earlier this morning about my neighbor who's a Church of Christ member. She's been my neighbor for roughly 13, 14 years now and she lost her husband about seven, eight years ago and so we've been taking care of her. We cook for her and we mow her lawn. We shut her garage door when she leaves it open and she's an elderly woman. And so a few years ago she was mentioning to me that she was going out to Pepperdine and Malibu and, and I told her that there was a speaker that was coming in, Dr. John Barton from Pepperdine who was going to be speaking about Islamophobia. And she looked at me, she goes, what's that? And I said, well, it's the fear of Muslims. And she looked at me and she said, well, they're so scary. <laughs> well, just like you, I thought she was joking. I honest to God thought she was joking. And so I said, aren't we though? And she looked at me, she goes, yes, they are. They're gonna take over the world. And she kept saying they, she kept saying they. So I looked at her and I was like, Yuna, you keep saying they. I was like, what do you think I am? Like, have I ever done anything to make you feel uncomfortable or unsafe? Has my kids, my husband, has anybody done anything to make you feel uncomfortable? Have we, you know, ever offended you? And she said, no, of course not. I was like, well, why do you keep saying they? She goes, because they are, they're a bunch of terrorists. And I was like, she's afraid of something. She doesn't even know what that something looks like, right? And I kept saying, I said, sweetheart, why do you think I wear, like, what do you think this is? She said, well, I know you've been going through some health concerns. I just didn't know what was going on. And I said, well, yeah, but practicing Muslim, right? And she was just baffled, just absolutely baffled at the fact that she's been living across the street from a Muslim and she didn't even know that she was living across the street from a Muslim, you know? And this is the same Muslim who shuts her garage door at night, my boys running, you know, mow her lawn and do everything for her. So I, I try to make it a point to be able to put a face to others' fears, right? And so it's so much harder to hate, it's so much harder to discriminate somebody that you know, right? Somebody's face that you know, it's so much harder to do that. So through the work with TMM, Oklahoma Conference of Churches, the Interfaith Alliance here in Oklahoma City, we're able to build bridges. We're able to break bread together. We're able to come to one another's begging call immediately as soon as it happens. 
every time some tragedy happens, it's terrible that I have to say this, but every time a tragedy happens, I have to, please God, don't let it be a Muslim. Please make sure it's not a Muslim that, you know, committed whatever act it was. Because unfortunately, the second somebody like myself commits a crime, the whole 1.8 billion of us get painted with this broad brush that we're all terrorists and that we're all murderers and, and whatnot. And that's unfortunately the case. Um, back in 2015, um, we wanted to march in the Veterans Day Parade, the very first time we got to march in a Veterans Day Parade. Uh, my brother served in the US Navy. He was a lieutenant commander. He was a nuke officer on a sub for 13 years. So I wanted to be able to honor my brother and we were gonna march with care. And of course, a couple of weeks prior, after we got our permission, um, social, a lot of people took to social media and said they needed to climb to the um, tops of the rooftops of the buildings and make sure that they can take us all out and things like that. So of course, TPD and the FBI were very concerned. So we were the very last float and right behind us, we had the SWAT team with their MRAP. And so even prior to marching, the organizer of the parade um, had a conversation with me in front of the media asking me to denounce all terrorism in the name of Islam before he would allow me to march in the parade. And of course, you know, the Tulsa World, all these other, you know, media organizations are there. It's all over the front page of the paper. And I, and I asked him, I said, well, do you denounce all of the crimes, you know, hate crimes, everything else that's, named, that's done in the name of Christianity, you know? And of course, you know, he had a smart aleck answer, which I'm not gonna repeat, but, so, you know, 45 minute conversation before he even allowed me to march in this Veterans Day parade. And we got halfway through the parade and one of the spectators came out of the crowd to attack me, spat in my face. And as he was getting ready to swing, you know, the SWAT team guys came and grabbed him and hauled him off. And um, we had some elected officials who came out, you know, taking pictures of us and things like that. And it's just, it's so unfortunate that some, I don't know why I have to continually prove that I'm American, right? Where that's not the case for other people. So if there's one message that you take home today, I implore you, I beg you, please, please, please try and build bridges with your others. Start small, start with your neighbors, right? Start with your neighbors that, you might not know. Um, start with having a conversation at the grocery store. Whatever it is, please build bridges because those, those bridges are unbreakable later on. Um, when the Pulse nightclub shooting happened, I happened to be at a Sunday service where my friend was being installed at a United Methodist Church and I hadn't heard the news. The shooting had happened in the middle of the night and got a text message and here we were um, a couple hours later at OKQ, our equality center in Tulsa, putting a vigil together. It was Ramadan, all of us Muslims were fasting and the vigil was gonna take place at sundown when I'm supposed to be breaking my fast. And we had some disciple ministers who got together and they prepared a meal for me to break my fast while I'm at the vigil, standing next to Toby Jenkins, who's the executive director of Oklahomans for Equality. Four days after that, we had invited several community members to come out to the mosque for an interfaith iftar, a breaking of fast dinner. 450 people showed up to that. And I did not pick up the phone and call one media person and we were swarming with media because to them, this was the first time that the Muslims had opened their arms to the LGBTQ community. And this happened for decades prior, but you know, nobody ever made news of it. And so it's, it's things like that that 
you know, I just implore you, please, 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 build bridges, please meet your neighbors, please reach out to those that are your others. Um, whenever anything happens, you should be able to be there. At the end of the day, we're all the children of God. So just like we say at TMM, we don't have to believe alike to love alike. That's what makes us beautiful and different. Our diversity is what makes us beautiful and different. And that's great. Let's, let's celebrate our diversity as well as our similarities. But let's not forget that we're humans and let's stand together. Um, and hopefully one day we'll be able to eradicate hate. Thank you so very much. You've been listening to the preaching and teaching of Reverend Dr. Lori Walkie, Senior Minister at Mayflower Congregational UCC Church in Oklahoma City. More information about the church can be found at www.mayflowerucc.org or by visiting Mayflower's Facebook page. Worship services are currently online only premiering at 11 a.m. on Mayflower's Facebook page. Mayflower is located on Northwest 63rd Street in Oklahoma City, one block west of Portland. Thank you for listening.